Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi there! Welcome to History in Retrograde. This is the podcast where we use the ancient art of astrology to help us better understand the past. I'm your co-host, Chandler O'Quinn, and joining me live via satellite is my mom! Hi, Mom! Hi, Chandler! How are you? I'm doing very well. Are you ready to begin another grand experiment? I am so ready! Let's go! All right, let's give it a whirl! Let's do. Hello, everybody. We are back from hiatus, and we're so excited to be in season four, right, Chandler? That is correct. Oh, my goodness. Season four. Oh, that is unbelievable. I hope I'm not too rusty as we start this first episode of season four. Uh, Yes. Uh, Thank you all uh, so much uh, for uh, all of your uh, downloads and uh, all those who are listening to us all around this great country of ours, all around this wonderful world, we're so appreciative of each and every one of you. And uh, we hope that you all had a wonderful summer uh, and are enjoying uh, these uh, nice uh, fall vibes. Hopefully it's cooler uh, in the northern hemisphere, wherever you are. Uh, just one little uh, uh, feather in our cap that we got uh, just a few uh, weeks ago uh, was that we received a report saying that we are the 212th most listened to educational podcast in Trinidad and Tobago. Yes. Uh, so uh, to all of our Caribbean listeners, uh, thank you so much. Uh, and uh, to everyone uh, all around the world who listens to us, we're uh, so uh, proud uh, of, of uh, all of your support. Uh, and uh, without any further ado, I will uh, tell you that our season opener is going to be a little different this time. Uh, usually we uh, go into uh, what uh, an actual historical figure, an actual person's um, birth date and look into their chart. But uh, this time I, I discovered something uh, that uh, was the birth date of someone uh, that is uh, very important to me and to a lot of people in my generation, but he just happens to to be fictional. Uh, uh, So we're going to take a look at his birth date (laughs) and see um, if anything uh, in the charts uh, would line up with um, what our uh, fictional character did. Uh, So uh, our fictional character was born, it's a male, 
Okay, I'm very scared. Okay. And uh, born on the 1st uh-huh. of July, uh-huh. 1899. Okay. And Do you want to give this fictional person a time? So that birth? was not provided, but I, based on the information that uh, I got, I would guesstimate around 7 a.m. 7 a.m. Okay. Is this 7 o'clock? Uh-huh. Okay, is do we have a place of birth uh, for this? The United States. Uh huh. Okay. Princeton, New Jersey. Um. Um. There we, there we go. Okay. Okay. Well, very interesting. Just looking at the uh, aspects here, we see that they have an interception. You see that? Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of people in our list and now almost throngs of people that we have done charts for that are very famous that have interceptions. I find that very interesting. This person has two Leo houses and two Aquarius houses and no house cusp for Scorpio or... Taurus. All right, let's just start with what we have. Um, we're going to go with um, this person has Sun in Cancer, Moon in Aries, Mercury in Cancer, Venus in Gemini, Mars in Virgo, Jupiter in Scorpio, zero degrees, Saturn at, in Sag, Uranus in Sag, Neptune in Gemini, Pluto in Gemini, North Node in Sag at 29 degrees, and Chiron in Sag. That is Stellium in Sag. Okay. Um, all right. So I don't have any idea who this person is, but with Leo rising, they would be somewhat gregarious and um uh leader have leadership qualities about them and when they enter a room they enter the room <laughs> people know they're there all right uh this person doesn't have any planets in their first house but um leo rising is is uh uh it's 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 definitely noticeable okay then this person has mars in virgo at eight degrees in the second house mars is your planet of ambition your it's how you approach something you want and having mars which is ruled by aries i mean uh, mars rules aries um it, it is a planet of action and passion. It's how you show your anger. It's how you um, approach, like I said, whatever you want to achieve, whether it's goals or if you want to go buy something or however you approach what you want to get. Um, and it is also um, for a man, uh, their Mars is kind of how they... Um, 
how they emote their masculinity if this person is identifies as a male masculine uh but this person has mars in virgo so this would make this person more strategic in details um they wouldn't necessarily jump and run into anything even though they have all the satch and also their second house is the house of um uh values and valuables um how they make their money, the things that affect them in making their money. And they have Mars in the second house, so in Virgo. So I would assume they have some detailed way of making their money, whether it's strategic or um, being accountable. Uh, so their second house cusp is also Leo. Okay. Because they have two Leo house cusps. And, um, so that second house also kind of with that Leo there and that Mars there would give them a, uh, kind of a leadership way of going about their money. Um, and then third house cusp is Virgo. And third house uh, is ruled by Gemini and Mercury. And Mercury also rules Virgo. So I would assume that this person is articulate. They are capable of communicating. They don't have a lot of issue with communication. They don't have anything in this house by this imaginary chart that we've made. But uh, I would assume that they have abilities in being able to communicate mm. their fourth house cusp is libra and they have jupiter at zero degrees scorpio in their fourth house so with the fourth house being libra the cusp the fourth house cusp being libra I would assume that they enjoy nice things. They're not overly, I don't know, because Jupiter at zero degrees Scorpio, Scorpios can have a very dramatic way with their things, you know. But fourth house cusp in Libra, I would think it would tone that down a little bit. But there's a lot of power in their Jupiter, because they have it at zero degrees and zero degrees and 29 degrees are very powerful degrees. And this person has it in their fourth house. So it could be a person who um, is very lucky with their home, their property, very fortunate. There's fortune here. Um, fortune but it's in scorpio which is ruled by pluto so there could be death and rebirth aspects of this there could be moving there could be maybe even more than one home or moving more often than average fifth house cusp is sagittarius 
And in this fifth house, we have Uranus, Chiron, Saturn, and North Node. That is a lot of Sagittarius. And those are some pretty intense places to have all in a stellium in your fifth house. Fifth house is ruled by Leo and can represent leadership because Leo is a natural born leader. But this is all in Sagittarius, which would make me think more philosophy, travel. Um, this also, fifth house is children and romance. Mm. That Sagittarius definitely gives it kind of a cavalier ride right into it attitude. And having Uranus, which is the planet of lightning fast and, and really futuristic and, and brilliant thinking and ideas, conjunct Chiron within this orb. See, the Uranus is four degrees and the Chiron is seven degrees. Mm, I would, I would think that there's some situation with uh, wounded healing having to do with unexpected things. Am I even in the ballpark at this point? Yeah. <laughs> really? Okay. Um, Unexpected things. All right, because Chiron is the wounded healer. And then... It is not conjunct by degree, but it is conjunct Saturn by sign and then um, North Node, which is your direction. So somehow this person's direction is very powerful because it's 29 degrees um, Sagittarius in the fifth house. Ah. Uh, this this cavalier bravery uh, comes from lessons learned because Chiron is the wounded healer and the wounded healer heals from painful lessons that have been learned and then Saturn is the teacher. So wherever your Saturn is, and this person has Saturn in Sagittarius, in the fifth house, um, there's a lot of, I want to say, like romantic hero involved with this person, because, and 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 also, uh, you know, like not necessarily wanting to be that, because of their Saturn, so. Uh, almost being forced into it and then having to learn how to deal with that. Um, sixth house cusp is Capricorn. They don't have anything in their sixth house. Uh, but Capricorn on your sixth house would, would give you quite the work ethic. You would 
be a very, very hard worker. And really a self-starter, self-motivated. You don't need someone telling you what to do. You could be an executive in, in the workplace. I guess six houses work. It's also um, health and animals and pets. Um, so, I mean, even just having Capricorn on this person's six house would make them a fairly hard worker, a, a really, you know, dependable person. As long as they're, you know, we're working with all the, um, we're working with all of the positive aspects of everything right now. Seventh house uh, is Aquarius. They don't have any planets in their seventh house, but having a seventh house Aquarius gives them uh, a different take on relationships they could be um open to relationships with people who might be considered um unique or different for them uh there is some uh lore and truth behind people who have aquarius on the seventh house that they are um kind of difficult to pin down. They aren't necessarily looking for a long-term monogamous relationship. They can kind of play the field. Uh, they're, ve they're very um, intellectual with the partners that they choose. They, they want people that can keep up with them intellectually. So they don't have any planets in the seventh house, but it is ruled by Aquarius. So eighth house cusp is Aquarius and eighth house it, anything that's going to be in Aquarius is going to give you a unique take on whatever it is eighth house rules death and rebirth eighth house rules partners money eighth house rules taboo things eighth house rules um taxes and uh, a very interesting array of things. Eighth house is ruled by Pluto. So having Aquarius ruling your eighth house is going to give you a very unique look at these things. Um, almost um, like an intellectual way of looking at these darker things. So um, having Aquarius on your eighth house cusp is going to give you uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to put it. It's going to give you a more open-minded way of looking at things that other people might consider um, uncomfortable, you know. Now, also, this eighth house cusp is like at 28, you know, degrees, Aquarius. So most of this eighth house is Pisces, all right? Um... I mean, there's a lot, because I'm doing this with Placidus houses. So Pisces would give you a very uh, intuitive way of approaching these things as well. So this person could be naturally intuitive, but even be logical with their intuitive abilities. It's very interesting. Then the ninth house is... The ninth house cusp is Pisces. They do have their moon in Aries at 25 degrees. 
in the ninth house. So ninth house is ruled by Jupiter and Sagittarius. It has to do with travel, higher education, philosophies, dogma, religion. Um, these kind of things. And this person has moon and Aries there, which could almost make this person like a spiritual warrior because it's Aries and it's their moon. This person would probably be very passionate with their emotions. Like you would not expect this person to shrink away from something. They would come at it. With all this Sagittarius in this Aries, they would come at it. Am I still on track? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, now, they don't have a house cusp for this Jupiter in Scorpio. They just don't have a, a house cusp for Scorpio, and they don't have a house cusp for Taurus. Taurus is housed inside between this 10th house cusp in Aries and this 11th house cusp in Gemini. But so they need something else to activate their Taurus and their Scorpio. Um, they don't have any planets in Taurus. So this Aries house cusp rules their 10th house making them very um almost even warrior like in their career they could be a warrior uh but their Taurus and their Scorpio aspects have to be activated i my theory is they have to be activated by someone with those placements coming into you know partnering with them into those houses to activate that 11th house cusp is Gemini. And in this house cusp, we have Pluto, Venus, and Neptune. So we have a stellium in Gemini and a stellium in Sagittarius opposing each other. But Gemini and Sagittarius, of all the op opposing signs are more similar than all of the other ones. They are both mutable. Um, this person should have had a powerful ability to work with groups of people, to communicate with them, to um, motivate them. I think that this person should have had a, 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 like a love for groups of people for, it could be like, these are my people, you know, and they're leading all these people, uh, but they're using the talent that they have for communication combined with their leadership and their um, bravery and their passion for whatever Whatever the motive, whatever the, 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 whatever is happening at the moment. <laughs> now, 
Their 12th house cusp is Cancer, and they have Sun in Cancer and Mercury in Cancer. With all of this fire and um, Earth, they have uh, two planets in Cancer and one planet in Scorpio nothing in Pisces. They have all this fire, see here, and air. All this fire and air can make them mm, like a rocket, you know? They can light fire to things uh, motivationally, and they can also be like... Um, a whirling dervish of fire and air, like a, like a, mm, like a pillar of fire. This, because the air feeds the fire. So this person, uh, probably has a lot of energy. Luckily, they do have this sun and Mercury in Cancer in the 12th house, which is sort of ruling their subconscious. So there is this nurturing aspect about them that comes into play when this fire and air gets too far out of bounds, when it gets too motivated and too mm, passionate. Now, the sun and the Mercury in Cancer is also passionate. It's very emotional. But somehow in this chart, I feel like it is going to sort of temper, you know, all of this fire and air that is in this chart. This person has one planet in Earth, and it's their Mars, and it's the planet that is helping them strategize and, and get it to the details of things. Am I still making sense? A little bit. Okay, so do you have any questions? Um, what would this person's uh, favorite subject be in school? <laughs> well, if this were correct, their moon is in Aries in the ninth house. Are we talking about high school or are we talking about elementary school? Anything. Well, if it was high school, I would think it would have something to do with war or or or, or conquering things. Maybe 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 history. What would his relationship with his father look like? Um, I think that his relationship with his father would be very karmic because his son is in the 12th house in Cancer. So if I was reading someone's chart, I would be like, oh, your father was your mother in a past life. <laughs> because 12th house is also like past life and karma. So this is a karmic relationship and it's in the 12th house. So son in Cancer at nine degrees, you know. It would have, it should have been important and it should have been a relationship that would have influenced him in some way. Um, not that, not that all parental relationships aren't influencing you in some way, but this would be like a deep influence. It should be. Is this a curious person? Well, um, we have Mars in. Uh, I mean, yeah, we have Mars in Virgo, which is mercurial. We have Pluto 
Venus and Neptune in Gemini, which is mercurial. So I would think, yes, this person would be curious and, and would want details of things and would want more information. Also, all of this Sag, because Sag is also constantly gathering information. So there's a lot going on in this person's chart about gathering information, more intellect, more intel, more details, you know, a thirst for knowledge. What profession do you think you'd go into? Being the leader. <laughs> he needs to be the leader. Um, I mean, we have fifth house. We have all this stuff in the fifth house. Maybe someone who leads people to gather information like a like a like a uh an explorer who gets information what kind of uh partner is he looking for well he doesn't have anything in his seventh house but he's looking for someone who is adventurous no let me rephrase that He's looking for someone who is intellectual, unique, um, probably independent, but who would want to go on these adventures with him. Fiery, probably fiery. Am I making sense? Yes. Oh, okay. I mean, I could suggest a character that this chart could feasibly equal but it isn't because i think this person is older than this character but uh, well let's let's hold on to that until the end <laughs> okay um how would he be with kids he should be really great really great with children uh all of this stellium in the fifth house in sagittarius it should be uh someone who wants to bring the information to the children, to the students, to the, um, yeah, and, and, and who would be really good at it, you know, because they have North Node there. So it's, it's part of their makeup. It's part of who they are. How do women respond to him? Well, this person is a little quirky. So uh, I would think that women women would because he has mars in virgo so i think that it would i mean part of me wants to say yeah women would think he was really amazing you know and 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 quite the hero but he's he isn't like superman you know He's not Superman. He's intellectual and a little quirky. And so I think, I think women could be very intrigued with his intellect. So it would take a specific type of woman. Like not all women are going to be into this man. It's going to take uh, actually like more of an intellectual woman. Uh, but also, the uh, the other side of that is kind of like this moon in Aries where 
you know, she's kind of a warrior. He would like kind of a warrior woman, a woman with a warrior spirit. But uh, this one is not your average bear. This is not your average, typical, mm, tall, dark, and handsome. This one is a little bit different. This one's got la layers. <laughs> layers. <laughs> His Venus is in Gemini, so he is not... He's not looking to settle down right out of the box. You know what I mean? He's got things to do. He's busy. I mean, with this much Sagittarius, it would be practically impossible to get him to settle down. He's too busy traveling all over the world. I would think. And then probably writing books about whatever he finds. What is this person's relationship with cynicism? He could be pretty cynical. I would think. I would think he could be kind of biting with his cynicism. He's too intellectual to not be jaded. That's what I think. Any idea what he would look or dress like? Well, if this is correct, if this person does have Leo rising, he should probably have a wonderful mane of hair if he's Leo rising. Uh, or a unique mane of hair. You get one or the other. Um, Leo Risings have kind of cat eyes, so his eyes would be, uh, distinct. But with all of this Sagittarius, I would think there was some, it can go two ways, because Sagittariuses can be kind of, um, flamboyant with their choice of dress. Uh, this guy could wear capes and stuff. Um, I think he is a little more unique than the average person of his era. He would stand out in a crowd. He wouldn't be, he wouldn't look the same as everybody else. Are there any other final first impressions that you get from this chart? I think I would like this person. I think I would want to go on adventures with this person because this is a person who I feel is very led by their soul and they are learning as much as they can learn about everything they can find and it's in and and then and then being very detailed with it. I mean, having Jupiter and Scorpio could make this person quite, you know, because Mars used to rule Scorpio, okay? So Mars is fire. That's a fire element, you know? And uh, so they could, they could be kind of fiery in the romance department, but you'd have to get past all the intellectual stuff because that Scorpio, that Jupiter and Scorpio is going to be Underneath this, it's not going to be the first thing that comes out. Well, I think we're ready for a summary of our findings. <laughs> okay. Uh, the first thing you said is that this person would be gregarious, uh, would uh, have leadership qualities. Mm -hmm. uh, you, they're a noticeable person. They're a person who stands out in a crowd. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, he uh, would be strategic and detailed. Uh, he's not someone to uh, jump and run into the fray without having a plan beforehand. Mm -hmm. uh, he has a detailed way of making money. Mm -hmm. And he uh, has a leadership quality with his money. Mm -hmm. He would be an articulate communicator and he would enjoy nice things. Mm -hmm. uh, he would be very lucky, uh, especially with home and property and fortune. Uh, there would be uh, lots of travel, lots of moving around in his life. Uh, philosophy, travel, children, and romance uh, are all very important, and he has a cavalier attitude towards all these things. Mm -hmm. uh, he uh, has a brilliant thinking, a quick thinker. He uh, has a powerful direction. Uh, he has a cavalier bravery. Uh, and that all of this comes from lessons that he had learned earlier in his life. Mm -hmm. uh, he could be a romantic hero, mm -hmm. uh, but he'd be sort of uh, uh, avoidant uh, towards that. Mm -hmm. uh, he is a hard worker. Uh, mm -hmm. He's not someone that you would want to micromanage. He doesn't mm -hmm. need uh, to be told what to do. He is a self-starter. Mm -hmm. He has a different take on relationships. Uh, he would want relationships with unique people. But he's someone who would find it hard to commit in a relationship. Uh, he likes to play the field. Uh, mm -hmm. He would be attracted to someone who's very intellectual. Uh, he has an intellectual look at death and rebirth and a partner's money. Mm -hmm. uh, he is open-minded uh, towards dark and uncomfortable uh, things. Uh, he is uh, naturally intuitive. Uh, he is mm -hmm. logical about his intuition. He is a spiritual warrior. He mm -hmm. is very passionate. Uh, he is not someone who's going to shrink away from a challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, it's possible he could be a warrior in his career. Uh, he has a powerful ability to work and communicate and motivate groups of people. Mm -hmm. uh, he has a love of groups of people. Mm -hmm. He has a talent in communication. Uh, he uh, can combine all of this with his bravery to meet challenges. Mm -hmm. He is someone who has a lot of energy, uh, like a rocket or a whirling dervish. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's also a nurturing aspect to him. Mm -hmm. uh, his favorite subject growing up might be history. Mm -hmm. uh, he has a karmic relationship with his father, a very important relationship. It's deep and mm -hmm. influential in his life. Mm -hmm. uh, he'd be naturally curious. Uh, he would want details and information. He would want mm -hmm. to gather information. He has a thirst for knowledge. Mm -hmm. uh, he uh, might uh, lead people in gathering information. He might be mm -hmm. an explorer. Mm -hmm. uh, he, for a partner, he'd be looking for someone who is an intellectual, mm -hmm. someone unique, uh, someone mm -hmm. who is independent, fiery, someone mm -hmm. who'd want to go on adventures with him. Mm -hmm. He would be really good with kids. Uh, he wants to bring the info to students and children. Mm -hmm. He might be a little quirky. Uh, women uh, might think that he is an amazing hero, but he's not necessarily Superman. He is mm -hmm. an intellectual, and he has quirks about him. Mm -hmm. uh, he'd be looking for a warrior woman. Mm -hmm. um, he uh, is not your average bear. 
He uh, has lots of layers. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is not looking to settle down. He's very busy traveling the world. Mm -hmm. He uh, would be, yeah, he could be cynical and jaded. Mm -hmm. Uh, He might have a a wonderful or unique uh, hair, uh, possibly very distinct or cat eyes. Uh, He can dress flamboyantly. Uh, He would be unique. He stands out in a crowd. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has mom's seal of approval, (laughs) and she wants to go on adventures with him. I think it would be fun. Uh, (laughs) I like adventures. He is a person who is led by his soul. Mm -hmm. Uh, He wants to learn everything that he can and is very detailed about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is capable of having a fiery romance, but it's underneath this deep intellect. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, is there uh, anything that I've left out? No, that sounds pretty much it. I'm very curious to know who this is. I know I know a character that could have this chart. And what character would that be? Indiana Jones. That is correct. This is the astrological birth chart of Dr. Henry Jones <gasps> Jr., otherwise yeah. known as Indiana Jones. What? 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 Chandler. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. So that is very, very, very interesting. I wonder if someone did this chart. I mean, how, how could you have this be so accurate to the point that I'm like, oh, well, this is, you know, in, in, I'm hearing, dun, 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 you know, so, um, okay. Uh, how is this happening? It, it, it's really good. Uh, I, I, if I were doing it off the top of my head, I would make him born in December and have him be a Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. But, um, for it to work out this way is very good with the, mm-hmm. um, uh, he has a lot in the Sagittarius, uh, uh, sign there, but there's a lot of other things around the whole chart that make a lot of sense for him. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he could have, but I mean, this makes sense. Whoever gave him this birthday, which I don't think the screenwriter gave him this birthday, did they? So this birthday comes from the television show, the uh, Young Indiana Jones Chronicles or the Adventures of Young Indiana Jones, depending on uh, which version uh, you're looking at and how much George Lucas has messed around with it. Um, (laughs) But uh, in uh, the uh, first episode of this television series, uh, talking about, which was all about, a young Indiana Jones, someone growing up from uh, their uh, uh, elementary school age through teenage years, mm-hmm. uh, and talks about how uh, this uh, uh, 
born on July 1st, 1899. Uh, and in the image of what they show, you know, giving the baby to the mother, it's in the morning. So I picked mm-hmm. seven o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and uh, that it was in Princeton, New Jersey, because that was the university that uh, Dr. Jones Sr. was uh, uh, teaching at. Right. Uh, so all that information is canon, even uh, with the sale of Lucasfilm and all that. And wow. I mean, I wouldn't have put it past um, George Lucas to have uh, uh, done a little bit of research into this. Uh, someone, you know, growing up in 60s San Francisco may have mm. a, a very good knowledge about all of this stuff. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, because they would have to have an ephemeris, you know, and they would need to have because... I mean, they would literally have to have, we used to, um, somewhere I have an ephemeris, which is a very thick book with, you know, uh, all the planetary aspects going way back, you know, into the 1800s and going forward, if I remember correctly, up into like the 2000s. But I mean, once we got to a place where we could do everything online, you don't really need those books anymore. They are, I mean, I don't know if everything went sideways. It's always good to have books, but um, this is a very accurate, um, very accurate display of Indiana Jones. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not sure that Indiana Jones uh, has. Leo rising, but all the other things fit. Which that would know? be determined by the time of day. Mm-hmm. It's by the time of day, but the, you know everything about him fits in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could play with it, you know, and have it move around. But I mean, Indiana Jones, as we know him, either looks very put together. Uh, on campus, right? Mm-hmm. Very well dressed. Or when going to uh, uh, parties to, uh, uh, I don't know, switch out ancient artifacts for yes. poison antidotes and yes. all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, but then the other side of him is the classic, you know, fedora and whip mm-hmm. and pistol. But that's still pretty um, <laughs> exotic. Well, Your I guess. I don't know if it's exotic for is, that time. I don't know how many uh, 1940s explorers are carrying around bullwhips with them. Um, I think I, all of them should. Uh, they sh- Sure, of course, <laughs> they should. Uh, it certainly uh, got uh, Indy out of uh, quite a few uh, uh, predicaments. But That's right. still, I think that it is a... Uh, it, it's rather um, bold. Uh, yes. It is. And that North Node in Sagittarius is going to make him literally want to travel the world finding things, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, so, yeah. Okay, so what you got about Indiana Jones? What are you going to do? Well, gonna I'm, do? I'm not going to uh, give you uh, entire detailed uh, summaries of all the movies and all the shows and all that. Everyone should, uh, if you feel so inclined, go uh, and, and seek them out and watch them. Uh, uh-huh. All of the uh, television uh, show uh, in its 
somewhat edited version uh, has been put onto Disney Plus if you have that uh, subscription. So you can see uh, all of that. That would be the first in, if you're looking at the television and movies in a chronological order, as in where they take place in a story, um, then watching that entire television series would be where you'd start and you find um, his... Uh, and, and, you know, George Lucas being uh, the uh, interesting person that he was, uh, made that for children as an educational television show. Mm-hmm. So every one of those episodes, young Indiana Jones meets some historical figure mm-hmm. um, who was around in the early 20th century. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you love history, uh, it, it's a it's a wonderful thing uh, to take a look at. Um, I think it's crazy because you're what would his favorite subject be in school? And I'm like, mm, probably history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Um, astrology is very accurate. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm not even getting into anything. I mean, I'm just reading the planets in the houses. I'm not even doing any in-depth reading on any of these charts ever because we don't have time. But um, just this alone is extremely interesting. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I I was not expecting it to be this accurate. Wow. Um, I, I thought that someone just made this up and, well, you, it makes sense for him to be born in this year because of how old Harrison Ford was mm-hmm. when they were making these in the 1930s the, mm-hmm. when they're set. Um, but yeah, a lot of this uh, pans out very well. Yeah, I mean, even his dad being very karmic and very, you know what I mean? Right. Like his, like his dad was his mom in a past life. Seriously? Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Which one is it? The Indiana that's, Jones? That's and the, the third movie, The Last Crusade. The Last Crusade, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, and that, I mean, you know. I don't know. I like the Indiana Jones movies. I, I very much like Indiana Jones. <laughs> I would have gone on adventures with Indiana Jones for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so chronologically, the the first film would actually be Temple of Doom mm-hmm. because George Lucas likes to make prequels. And so mm-hmm. he made his second movie before his first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that is... Uh, uh, I, I, re- I recently rewatched all of them over the summer in preparation for uh, this final film that came out. Oh. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful little romp. It's, of course, a little darker than the rest. Steven Spielberg and George Lucas were both going through divorces while they were making that. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, that makes you a little more jaded and cynical about the world. <laughs> um, and But, uh, uh, you know, when you talk about uh, uh, kids and how he responds with kids, right. that relationship between him and Short Round, yes. um, that that's... Uh, the, you know, they gave us what every kid would want is yeah. what if I were going on the adventure yes. with Indiana Jones? Uh, uh, you know, he no nuts, he crazy. Yeah. Um, the, I, I, that's that's the kind of life that I wish I, I could have had growing up. Is going well, you kind of did, only it was with me. Well, it, it was, uh, uh, you know, those adventures were um, in uh, downtown San Antonio and not quite. <laughs> and all <laughs> over Texas. Yes, all over Texas, yeah. Um, uh but uh yeah the wonderful uh film uh the temple of doom is takes place in 1935 um and then raiders of the lost ark that's that's the first film that came out in 81 mm-hmm. um and it it really shows the 
the the creativity of Lucas and Spielberg coming together, mm-hmm. uh, while at the same time paying homage to all the old time serials. Um, it's uh, 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 all of them are are, are great. Uh, romps uh great things to just put on and, and watch there mm-hmm. uh as rich eisen likes to call a a remote drop if if it comes on on tv if you're flipping through you, you stop uh mm-hmm. wherever you are in the middle of the movie uh <laughs> you don't really need to know because of how they're structured they're structured like the serials where every mm-hmm. 15 minutes there's some great action piece mm-hmm. um so they're episodic even though they are these uh, films. And then uh, Last Crusade came out in 1989 and we're introduced to Sean Connery as um, uh, Dr. Jones's father, mm-hmm. uh, brilliantly played by Sean Connery. Oh, brilliant. Um, and all this started because Spielberg wanted to make a James Bond movie. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, the Broccoli's never let him make a James Bond movie. And mm-hmm. so he made these instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to actually work with Sean Connery and the chemistry between Connery. Oh, that was and, great. Uh, uh, Harrison Ford. Um, all so great. And fighting Nazis. It's always fun to see Nazis get punched and uh, shot at. And, or melt. Uh, yeah, melt. Yes. Uh, <laughs> then uh, many years later, uh, they made uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, that came out when I was little, mm-hmm. so there's always a little bit uh, of nostalgia for me uh, in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, I of course recognize it's uh, not nearly as good as as the original ones with all mm-hmm. of your CGI monkeys and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, all Shia LaBeouf and all that stuff that was going on but it was great that uh, they brought harrison ford and um karen allen back together Uh, Mm -hmm. marion ravenwood was always uh uh, the best um of uh, all the things that you described of someone uh uh, that uh, indy would be looking for fiery independent yes Uh, i mean she when we're we're introduced to her running a bar in Mm -hmm. nepal in the himalayas um that's some she's very fiery independent but also intellectual and uh want goes on all these adventures with him Mm -hmm. um and then uh they've made uh this last one uh and lucas and spielberg were kind of uh, not really involved in a whole lot of it, and uh, there's it, it is the the final chapter. So they say, hey, if Harrison Ford came back in ten years uh, and he's ninety and he wants to make another one, I'll watch it. Uh, I'll do it. I, I haven't care. seen the last one yet. I'll have to watch all the Indiana Jones movies and then watch the last one. Um, and that one takes place in 1969. But what I think is really interesting is I think Harrison Ford is 80. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you actually did it according to the time that Indiana Jones was born, Harrison Ford is 80, meaning it would be around 1980 is what the movie should have taken place in. Uh-huh. And that is the year that the first Indiana Jones film was made. Wow. Uh, which I think is really interesting to look at that go uh, full circle like mm-hmm. that. Um, are there uh, any, any things uh, to, to uh, point out about um, the films, about Indiana Jones as a character? Well, I think all of the adventure things, all right, are playing out in this fifth house, you know, travel, adventure. And it is his... He has to do it. It's his North Node and it's at 29 degrees. So it's, it's part of his soul, you know, mm-hmm. he, he, and he is following 
his north node when he's doing these things. Also, this Pisces in, uh, I mean, also this, um, this, um, Aries on the ninth house with moon in Aries in the ninth house. There's a very spiritual side to him, right? Because he's looking for artifacts and most of these artifacts have to do with some sort of spiritual, spiritual, uh, spiritual connection to right. something, right? Yeah. So he has studied all of these spiritual connections to these artifacts and understands the magic, right? And, and, so, and, and and, and it meets the, the cynical and the spiritual because he starts out every journey not believing. Right. In, in, in it. It's right. a bunch of magic and mumbo jumbo or, yes. or whatnot. Um, yes. But then as, as he discovers the item um, and as he goes throughout uh, the journey that he's on, um, he's forced to. Uh, uh, believe in the magic and for himself, because if he doesn't, his his brain's gonna explode, or uh, you know, he's gonna be uh, taken over by the voodoo witch doctor. That's or, right. Uh, all these things. So the the spirituality of these items becomes mm -hmm. um, something that he has to acknowledge, mm -hmm. uh, whether he. Uh, believes in that in the first place or not mm -hmm. um so and i think that, that chart kind of bears that out with the, absolutely uh, uh i mean there's certainly he he he, he lived a, a rough and tumble life you know it, it's not the years it's the mileage <laughs> um but uh at the same time that makes him jaded and cynical yes but uh the his discoveries uh force him to open up yeah, that's true. And then the um, Mars in Virgo is all the details, all of the um, documenting that he does of all of these things, you know. And so, no, I mean, this chart plays out absolutely perfect for Indiana Jones. And I'm shocked yeah. at the accuracy of this because I, I was thinking, no, because he was he 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 was this was born too soon. But um, no. It, 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 it plays out exactly. And, you know, the, 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 you know, not, not necessarily wanting to be the adventurer so much as wanting the artifact for the intellectual value of it, you right. know, and, it, and it, to it save in a museum. it. It belongs in a museum. Then here you come with your, you know, Mars and Virgo again. And so very interesting. I mean, I don't know that this character was not created at this time, you know, if Lucas studies astrology, then this is perfect, you know? Yeah, uh, either him or someone uh, who, uh, who, who studies such things. It seems, whether they knew it or not, but mm -hmm. I, it seems too good for them to have not known it. Uh, I don't know. I it mean, seems like it was pretty calculated. It d definitely very, very, very interesting. And I'm really glad you chose this, Chandler. This is this is a, a this is a very fun experiment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, when I stumbled across this, I was like, well, this this would be a, a good experiment and uh, uh, something that I think uh, old Indy would approve of. I think so. Uh, well, I think on our scale of right on the money uh, <laughs> to way out in outer space, this is this is right on the money. Um 
uh, kudos uh, to to Lucasfilm for um, uh, uh, creating something, either calculated or not, that is uh, very close to uh, who this beloved character uh, was. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very, very, very cool. Uh, well, that uh, concludes this episode of History and Retrograde. We'd like to thank you all so much for listening and supporting us. Um, if you would like to uh, reach out and find out more about the show, uh, we have links to all of our social media pages uh, and our website in the show description. Uh, if you would like to uh, support us uh, financially, we, uh, <laughs> of course, welcome uh, any sort of donations. Uh, we have a link to our uh, PayPal account there. Any little bit uh, would help us in producing a better quality show and uh, expanding our audience. Uh, and if you would like to be your very own Mystery History guest, we can make that happen. Uh, there is a link provided uh, to Chandler's mom at historyandretrograde.com, and mom can get with you about all the details on how to have a uh, professional uh, astrologer read your chart and uh, help you navigate uh, the next uh, months and years and such. Uh, mom, is there anything else to add? Yes, I have a couple of things I would like to add. One, I would like to say that you can get anywhere from our website, which Chandler has already said, is www.historyandretrograde.com. You can get to our YouTube videos. You can get to uh, the link to email me. I am currently doing readings for um, transits. And so like I'll do your next three months as well. Once we've done, I mean, because I have wonderful clients now that um are working with me every month and i start by doing your um your natal chart and then we work on you know time frames and i do children and i do pets and i can even do events so if you're trying to choose a date the best date for your wedding i can help but um i want to say that and then i also want to say hello trinidad and Trivago. um hey we would love to come to the caribbean and do a live stream so you know if that ever comes into play that would be great and over the next two years i might just be in the caribbean anyway so yay hopefully we will see you guys uh, yes, we hope to see uh, some of you uh, all over the world. Uh, we uh, are so just blown away by the support that we get um, all, all over the place. Uh, and, you know, as as exotic as uh, Trinidad and Tobago sounds, I was looking over uh, our numbers uh, earlier this morning, and we have a large following in Synecdoche, New York. Yay! Uh, or New Jersey, or wherever that is. Hello! Uh, but uh, we're, I'm happy about that. Um, so uh, it's uh, always fun uh, to see uh, wherever you are listening and downloading the show from. Yes, and we uh, also greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate all of your donations. They are very, very lovely. Thank you. Yes, very helpful to us. Uh, well, uh, we've uh, reached the end of our uh, season premiere, and as always in conclusion, as long as your houses are in order and the stars are aligned, everything will be just fine. Everything is going to be just fine. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
Salal Creek Studios.